Unlike its competition, Hawksoft definitely treats all of its users as people, as individuals. We're not just a number. Hawksoft listens to us. Hawksoft takes our suggestions and makes them a reality for us. Hawksoft is constantly looking to update its system and make it work better for us. My name is Melena Farrell from Cedar Risk Management, and this is why I chose Hawksoft. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse, and we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software-first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Had a bear get in my trash last night. About right. That's That was a good way to start the day. Did you pick that up on a ring light or how did uh, you know it was a bear? Big paw tracks? So Sarah Land has an infestation of black bears. It's wow. like it's like a thing. the The biggest miss in the history of sports was the city of Saraland not calling themselves the Saraland Bears. Wow! And instead, the Spartans. Uh, it was a project, I believe, from Auburn University. It was a research project where they dropped some bears off years ago before mm. Saraland really blew up. Mm-hmm. And most of them are tagged. Some of them even have collars on them. But there is an infestation of bears, and about once a week, they know when trash day is. They will, they they get it, they, the trash can pulled over, everything pulled out and they leave you alone. Yeah. yeah, But it's, there's all, I mean, Google bears, Sarah land, there's all kind of videos of people, but yeah. So I had, I I walked out this morning, jacked up, ready to go, had my, you know, my nice clothes on and I had to pick up trash. Well, the the times I've seen black bears up in Gatlinburg, I've talked about it on the podcast. Kim and I go up there a pretty good bit, but the times I've been up there and seen a black bear, it's like, it's like seeing a lightning bolt. Like they'll run across the road, but it happens so fast. 
they they don't really about the only time they'll get on you is if you're around their cubs and it's the mama bear then they'll then you got a big problem yeah these are somewhat somewhat like that you walk outside and they're in your backyard and you know i pulled up at my house one day my i don't have a privacy fence around my my yard since hurricane sally and uh i pulled up and there's like police cars in my yard mm. and i was like oh gosh what the heck you know what's my i have neighbors very similar to yours i yeah. just don't talk about them a lot understood uh bradley bradley i got breaking news as we're speaking right now as we're opening up today's podcast ladies and gentlemen amy is walking into the courtroom oh no right now for her grand jury indictment why aren't you there 60 i don't have to be at a grand we, jury let's indictment. Li- can we live stream it can we no 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 you can. I don't believe you can live stream unless it's like Amber Heard and and uh, Johnny Depp or something. I don't think you can live stream a a grand jury indictment. We, sh- we so, should pull up there and report. Like we- so, so, so basically, in a grand jury indictment. So in the United States of America, everybody's assumed innocent until guilty, right? So That's you know what they say you'll start with a not guilty verdict or you know whatever, and yeah. then you walk into the grand jury indictment. In this case. The fraud investigator for the city of Huntsville will be there to deliver evidence. And I was told by an attorney friend of mine that looked this case up the other day that she did hire a jam up first round draft pick defense attorney. Now, here's why she hired them not to get off because there is no possible way she gets out of this. Okay. The reason you hire a jam up all-American defense attorney is to try to get the best plea deal you possibly can. That's why you hire – that's why somebody like an O.J. Simpson hires the team he hired to try to get out of that because you just – when you're caught, now now the best you can do is get the best possible deal you can get to try to – tamp down the amount of jail time you have to do so i have a question that's probably going to sting go ahead did she use your money to hire this attorney it's exactly what that attorney that I talked to the other day said he goes because my thing's like goes, how do you how do you hire? i mean you're getting ahead of me sorry he said he said he goes you know i know him really well and he is a damn good criminal defense attorney in fact he's probably one of the best in the state of alabama he said you know what's funny about that scott i know that his minimum retainer is at least bare minimum ten thousand dollars and she probably used your money to pay him so how, yeah that's so how does that work though like if you steal a bunch of money and you i just got the best idea ever we get we need to get like a prosecutor to come on here to give their thoughts on this whole thing Please. anyway uh it's it's you going down money, right now you know right like, now, like i look at like i look at like you know jordan belfort or sam bankman freed these these guys who have committed huge frauds you know they freeze your assets and stuff in those cases but like in this case could she still have your money ba- you know banked up somewhere in a rainy day fund and use it like and how does that work 100 oh, percent. how does that work if you get a judge because i mean part of her if she when she's found guilty she's gonna pay something back listen right? i know people yeah. i know people who have seen the writing on the wall that their business was going to go under and so they took all of their accounts receivables and got as much in as they possibly could put it in another account somewhere outside of the business mm-hmm. and then let everybody go that Friday and said, oh, we're out of business. Yeah. So that they could, they would have that money to help fight all the 
legal stuff that was about to come down from that. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Yeah. It's just, but, it's, but see, I'm, I've been made whole, you know, right, I, I'm kind right. of out of this. This is between now, you know, when you talk about restitution, well, restitution is going to have to be paid to the bank and, that, and your that, insurance company. And in my insurance so carrier. they're subrogate against her probably. 100%. Yeah. So I'm kind of out of the picture on this, so to speak. Yeah. the only, I mean, there's no real reason at all for me to even be involved in so this. So honest question. Go ahead. I'm going to use your statement. Gun to your head. Gun to my head. What, what kind of sentence do you truthfully hope she gets? Hope that she gets or that I think she'll get? Hope. Hope that she gets. Well, she ain't got but about five kids. Um, ten year, ten year term, ten year prison sentence. Serve somewhere between six months to a year, which is probably what's likely. Yeah, and probation for two years. But see, I don't really care about any of that. All I wanted out of this, the only thing I wanted, because I'm I'm not kidding when I say she's got at least four kids, stair step kids. All I wanted was the next time she goes to apply for a job somewhere, if somebody does any background mm-hmm. check, it would pop up as a felony not to let her handle money. That's yeah. the only thing I wanted. Because, yeah. see, that's what That's happens. why I asked that question. That All way, these yeah. people out here that decide, well, I'm a nice person, so I'm not going to prosecute. What you just did was you just opened the door for the next person that hires her, Small mm-hmm. Business America, mm-hmm. for the exact same thing to happen because you didn't prosecute. So her criminal defense attorney is going to try, probably unsuccessfully, to do some kind of one-year uh, yeah. house arrest with an ankle monitor. You think that's what she's going to get? No. Oh. I've been told that the, the – I, I know the district, district attorney that's handling this case, the assistant yeah. district attorney – and what I have been told is he ain't putting up with that. Yeah. Because this is felony one. It was over right. Oh, yeah. It's 000. big boy jail yeah. in Alabama. Yeah. 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 The, so I had a uh, I had that exact same conversation. So I'm building a house. And one of the contract, one of the, the electrician on my house uh, had an employee that he let go. He wrote him his last paycheck. Mm-hmm. And it was $100. It was for like a yeah. half a day. Right. And he the employee added a zero to the check. And the bank cashed it. Yep. And he was telling us about it, and he said, yeah, I, man, he's a good old boy. I'm just going to let him. And I, I told him that. I was like, dude, you don't want him to do that to somebody. I kinda, he's like, yeah, you're right. F- kind of a funny part of the story. Fast forward a little later, so we're walking through the house, and I'm telling him where I want plugs, and he's writing them on the stud. Mm-hmm. And it was a red, he said, where's my red marker? And the, the GC said, why do you use red? He said, that way my guys know what, what I wrote. He said, Jesus writes in red, Craig writes in red. And I said, sounds like you need to write your checks in red, too. <laughs> and he did not appreciate the joke. So, hey, before we bring before we bring our all-star guest on, we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get down in the weeds with each other. And I think this is going to be one of the best podcasts we've probably ever done on the Insurance Guys podcast today. And I mean that in my heart. I believe that. But before we do that, let me give all you agents out there two pieces of advice. Uh, Amy, as I mentioned earlier, is going before grand jury indictment today to um, find out, you know, what the next steps will be in her life, you know, for stealing $104,000 from our agency. Two things I'm going to say about that. If you ever do catch somebody, your cousin, uncle, aunt, payroll person, whoever, stealing money, one of the first things that the district attorney's office and the investigator are going to call and ask you, and please do not take offense to this, 
if the one of the ways these people get off for doing stuff like this a lot of way a lot of times and i didn't mean to say get off because that was probably a bad use of the word get off but um one one of the ways that they get around this is if you have ever done anything romantically or something that could be brought up in court that is one of the ways that they kind of circumvent getting charged for something like this. Now, that was not at all the case with me. They asked that, you, though, right? That was one of the very first things they asked me. They called me about three days after this happened, and the investigator, I could tell, was a little uncomfortable. He said, Scott, I got to ask you something. I hope you don't take offense to it, but was there ever any time when you did something, said something, did y'all ever have any kind of – and I said, absolutely, one million percent no. I'll, I'll swear on my son's life that I never did anything that would even remotely be misconstrued as something like that. So that's the first thing I want to say. Number two, her husband called me about three weeks after this happened and said, hey, Scott, listen, I just found $700 that I think is yours in my checking account because they had separate accounts. Uh, I want to give you this money back. Had I accepted that money? Negates charges. Negates charges. So do you think that was a setup, that phone call? Yes. Yeah. I do. I hat, think that was some hand, way. I think, yeah. he, I think they talked to an attorney somewhere that said, you know, if you could, if you could get him to take even uh-huh. five hundred dollars of this, you can't like he a, can't press charges. A lot of people would have probably taken yeah. that. Bring especially me, bring me that money if, over here. Especially if it was a situation where you were the money she stole cash strapped you. Right. You know, I think 100%. a lot of people would have said, Yeah, bring that to me. Yeah, you know. Right, right. Or if he'd have said some bigger amount, like say ten thousand. And I would have said, well, 10000 But see, I wouldn't have done anything without talking, number one, to my attorney, and number two, to the investigator. But when I called the investigator, that, he called me on a weekend, like a Saturday. But when I called the investigator on Monday, he said, uh, you didn't take that money, did you? And I said, no. And he said, thank God. If you had done that, that would have negated all charges against her. She, she could have walked. So I dodged a bullet there. Now, I'm just telling you guys all of this. In case this ever does happen to you, I don't want you to make some of the same mistakes that other people out there have made before. So, guys, it is time to bring our all-star guest on, and I am so blessed to have him on this show today because he and I are about to spit the truth here for, for a little while for you guys. And I think, Bradley, I think this is a podcast that is going to help so many insurance agents out there today that maybe are thinking about doing some things that we're going to talk about and they really need to hear the truth. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, he is originally from Tuscumbia, Alabama, and he currently resides in Fairhope, Alabama. He is married to the beautiful Dion, and they have two beautiful babies, Isla, age six, and Lena, age one and a half guys listen to me you don't care anything about this podcast right now but one of these days you're going to hear this and i want you to do me a personal favor and go up to your daddy and hug his neck after you listen to it and tell him how proud you are of him and how much you love him and that'll mean more to him than anything you could ever give him but you and you should be very proud of what he's accomplished in his life he is a graduate of the university of south alabama and from 2017 to 2019 he was an associate agent at farmer's 
Insurance. And today, he is the agency owner of LTN Insurance in Fairhope, Alabama. And I love this. He's passionate about helping others and truly cares about his clients. In his free time, he loves to spend time with his wife and daughters, play basketball, and pursue his real passion, searching for the best food in South Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce you to my friend, Mr. Chris May. How are you, Chris? I'm good, man. The energy of the beginning of this podcast <laughs> has definitely caught me off guard. I've listened to it 150 times at least, man. I, I think I've listened to almost every one of y'all's well, episodes. Well, most people don't experience it in person. Yeah, most yeah, people in, are on a screen. You know? In person, the energy is I real. Mean, you can feel it. What have we probably done? 12? Maybe. In That's person, not counting the high. conference people, because mm. the, the conference situations different. It's a little toned down. It is because there's people around right. and stuff. Yeah. You know, Chris, we've got so much to talk about in a short time to talk about it. I want to get into it. Let's push aside the normal insurance related. Get in my DeLorean. Let's go back in time because you and I have some important stuff to talk to these agents about today, guys. Our mission on this podcast never changes. Never. Our mission is to help you guys any way we can. And there's two subjects we're going to talk about today. First subject that is near and dear to my heart and to Bradley's heart is going to be, drum roll please, anytime you get into the insurance business or you're going to start an agency and you think it's a good idea to bring on investors, mm, we're about to get right with the Lord on that. Second topic we're going to talk about is we have a, an insurance agent producer in our office that one day eats a bad piece of pizza one night and wakes up the next morning and says, you know what I think I want to do? I don't need to work for anybody else. I want to go out on my own. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. So first, Chris, talk to our audience today. Again, our mission is to help these agents any way we can. You, you start your agency, okay, and at that time, you decide that in order, I guess, I'm, I'm assuming, and I don't want to make assumptions, I'll let you tell the story, you were going to open up the agency and you thought, man, I need some cash and I'm going to get some investors to help me with that. Go. So honestly, one of the things that led me there was our relationship, Bradley and I. So um, this is Bradley's so fault. Okay, let me write that down. <laughs> Bradley's fault. Got it. Okay, go ahead. So like, you know, like most people, I kind of fell into the insurance industry and I was with farmers, uh, with a farmer's agency for two years yep. and loved every, every second of working for the guy that I worked for was phenomenal, man. Can't cannot speak higher of him and his character. And I just had the itch to go out and do my own thing. Man. 100%. Um, I kind of had that itch originally when I got into it. And by the way, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Agreed. Nothing 100%. wrong with that at all. And, um, you know, I, I was there for about a year and I was like, okay, I think that this kind of start my own business. It's just starting to kind of creep back in and it, it just wouldn't go away. So uh, eventually I kind of look at, started looking into what does it look like to open an insurance agency? How much does it cost? All those fun things. And, uh, that, that's when Bradley and I became friends. He came and you came and spoke at a, like a little financial rep mm -hmm. insurance agent type thing. Josh Knoll's office. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Former guest. Yep. A little, uh, played basketball with him this morning, actually. Um, uh, a the little best hair in the business. Yeah, he does. Man, man I can only imagine hair. the energy in that room with the best hair in the business and the best mustache in the business. <laughs> right. Together. I didn't have the mustache yet, but, um, oh, you but shaved this, this morning? morning? No, not oh. this morning. I, I did have it this morning. That, gotcha. That's funny, I was about but, to say, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. I shaved it just for you guys. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> the tone just changed completely. Yeah. We need to end this right now. 
Um, but anyways, so me and you sit down and start talking and I, I had always kind of been intrigued about the independent channel just in mm-hmm. general, because obviously I had worked for a captive agency. So I like, I'm just curious by nature. So I wanted to mm-hmm. sit down and chat with him. So I think we scheduled a lunch and we're supposed to, you know, maybe hang out for like 45 minutes. Oh God, we need to tell the story. Yes. Is and we, is that where you're going? Well, I'll, I'll get to that okay, one. So sorry. we go to this, we go to this Mexican restaurant. I drive over here from Fairhope, which is, you know, about a 45 minute drive. Cause I was like, man, I don't, I was kind of, you know, self-conscious of like, I don't want anybody to see me meet with Bradley. I don't want him to think I'm trying to like right, leave right. where I'm, where I'm at and whatnot. Yeah. We were supposed to like, you know, had a 45 minute lunch schedule. I think we talked for like three hours that afternoon. Which if you know me, like, yeah, it was a good a conversation deal. for me to sit there for three hours. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyways, so Bradley kind of approaches me with like, hey, man, why don't we, you know, may- maybe there's something here for, for us to yeah, kind of work sure. out. Maybe- well, Noel kind of told me, Noel kind of gave me the inside baseball and was like, hey, he's looking to leave. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. So we we sit down, kind of schedule a meeting that we're going to go over. Like, hey, man, what would it look like for me to maybe come on board with you? And we go to sit down, and I've got all my commission statements because, you know, I got the receipts. I want to show in my production. Anytime I interview a producer that's already producing, I, I like, I want to see yeah. what are you doing, you know. That way I can help you the most. Yeah. So he spreads it out on the table, right? We're at a restaurant. Yeah, I'll let you take it. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, everything's out, like, open book. I'm sharing with him what's going on. And out walks another farmer's agent that I knew. So I, like, grab all my stuff and, like, throw it into a folder. (laughs) He literally – it was, like, something out of a movie. And it was at Moe's Barbecue, which, if you know Moe's Barbecue, it's, like, picnic tables. Right. So he was, like, right there. He wasn't at the same table as we are, but he's, like, right there. And – and Murphy's Chris, Law, like the one thing you didn't want to happen, happened. It yeah. was yeah. it was like something out of a movie. He's looking at the guy and shutting <laughs> the things. Right. You know, and I'm just sitting there like, I can't do anything. Thankfully, yeah. the dude doesn't know me. Yeah. So that made it. But it was like. It was it was it was really funny. And then that guy walked out of the restaurant, and made four phone calls, probably before he got to his car. I think car. you saved it just I, in time. Ironically, he was going through the process of leaving farmers at the same time, anyways, to start an independent agency. So I think if there would have been a conversation, mm-hmm. hell, he should have sat down with y'all. Right. Y'all could have had another three hour conversation. Um, but anyways, I, I leave that conversation and kind of sit down with my wife, and just for for whatever reason, just the timing just didn't kind of work out for, yeah. for that with us. Well, the other thing too is you know when. The other element that I've never talked about on the podcast is, you know, I bought the independent book from a farmer's agent. Correct. Okay. That was in due diligence at that time. Okay. Obviously that I got a really good deal on that. Cause that's like stepping into a war zone. Right. Okay. So the farmer's agent that took over the farmer's business for the book that I bought was the agent he worked for. So think about how that looks. Yeah, right. I get the independent book he gets, and then yeah. his best producer jumps oh, over. No. So why did why did you say that would be like stepping into a war zone? Because I'm buying a book of business, and Farmers also has that. <laughs> yeah. So I bought it under one of these like, hey, I only pay you if it renews kind of things. So wait a minute, let me. Get, I want to make sure I understood this because yeah. this almost sounded like a you know how your mom will do the genealogy thing and you can't follow what she's saying. Yeah. That's kind of what that was yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Your stepfather's great grandfather's yeah. brother. So you buy this brokered book from a farmer's agent who uh-huh. then retires, and the guy who gets the farmer's book is the guy you're working for. And Correct. it's all happening at the same time. Correct. It wasn't planned. It like, <laughs> yeah, me and him meet. And literally I think the next week <laughs> now, for, now for my, my boss comes in and it's like, Hey, oh we, my. we inherited this book of business. And he's like, Oh, by the way, you're going to have to call all of them to yeah, introduce yeah. yourself to. Him. I mean, from like, my oh. perspective, it would have been the most gangster hire ever. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Woo! So, yeah. Like the fr- fraud fraud investigator from the right. city of Huntsville pulls up tell, to Moe's. I couldn't tell him. Boys, what are y'all doing? Until it gets to like right at the end. And then I called him. I was like, hey, by the way, I'm the one buying this book. So I think that probably added a little bit of like. A different eh, dynamic. look great. You yeah. Know? Even yeah. though it, it just. Yeah, it just happened to. I would love yeah. to say it's Bradley Flowers' chess move, but that it wasn't. Right. It just all kind of, you know, I didn't know that that guy was the guy taking over that book. Because Farmers does this thing where if you have a brokered book and you sell your agency back to Farmers, they pay you peanuts on the brokered book. Wow. So I told this guy, I was like, hey, I'll pay you a really good multiple, but yeah. I only have to pay you if I keep it. Right. And we kept a good percentage of it. So if there's anybody out there who wants to do that same deal, <laughs> we're talking about it. But. But anyway, so I leave that and um, uh, my, my wife had actually taught uh, piano for a guy that I'd been friends with for a little while. And, you know, I'd kind of decided, like, I'm going to stay here at Farmers for a little while mm-hmm. to kind of save up enough money to go out sure. and do my own thing. Because sure. my, my wife was staying at home with our, with our Which oldest. can also be the kiss of death because right. a lot of people. You get gold handcuffs. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, well, when is the right time and how much money do I need? I remember Bradley asking that to one of our friends up north, and they're like, you know, $15,000, $20,000. But I've seen a lot of people. I had a guy call me a couple of years ago who's now out on his own as an independent agent, and I asked him, I said, well, how much money you got saved up? And he said, well, I don't know if it's enough or not, but it's $360,000. And I thought, oh, my God, dude, you're, you're way pat. But, you know, a lot of people just – I don't know. They just keep kicking the can down the road almost like it's an excuse why they're not going out yeah, on their own yet. For sure. Yeah, Does that make point, sense? Well, I, I have this theory, too. I've been wanting to make a piece of content on people think there's this this narrative, I think, and you hire a lot of Gen Zers, I, we do too, that your career should be linear. In other words, you go from here to here to here to here, when in reality it looks like this. Yeah. And it's the people that try – to go from here to here to here to here to here that are scared to take a risk that get stuck right here. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the yeah, people yeah. who take the risks right. usually outperform the ones that don't. Sure. Anyway, I didn't mean One to One of the guys that used to, to work in my office, he was he was a producer for me, man. He told me a, a quote that's just stuck with me forever. He said, life's a lot like a slingshot. And it'll shoot you way farther than you pull yourself back. And, mm. You know, sometimes the way forward is backwards. Um, and I'm, I, I'm I using that those. in hiring conversations. <laughs> there you go. On. Um, but uh, anyway, so, you know, timing just doesn't work out for me and Bradley. Obviously, I'm glad that that happened the way that it did now because, you know, closest friend in the industry for me, for sure. We probably talk twice a week on the phone at least. Um, but anyways, then my, my wife had taught this guy piano that had been involved, you know, really entrepreneurial, involved in a lot of businesses. And he just randomly reaches out to me and it's like, Hey man, um, you want to grab dinner? And I'm like, sure. So we grabbed dinner with my, my wife, his wife, um, our two youngest daughters are in, you know, school together and whatnot. So we're kind of hanging out and our wives walk off and he hits me with the, Hey man, so what do you want to do with your life? Like what, what's kind of the the next steps for you. I'm like, man, I'm actually looking at potentially, I want to start an, you know, an insurance agency. And I kind of asked him like, you know, baiting him a little bit. Have you ever thought about insurance? He's like, no, tell me about it. And so I start telling him about it. And he's like, I could, I could do that. Let's do it. And I'm like, wait, are you serious? And he's like, yes. Oh, I'm let's like, do it guy. <laughs> yes. I was like, okay, give like me two tomorrow. weeks. Right. I was like, give me two weeks. Let me put together a business plan. So I put together a business plan, him and his, his business partner that they've done some things together, sat down with him and we're like, Hey, look, 
here's what we think would work. What do you think about the, basically the only thing that they told me no to was hiring somebody immediately, which looking back made a lot of sense because there's just so much that you don't know with like, I remember talking on the phone with you in the beginning and was, he's telling me, he's like, yeah, I transferred this money from my trust account over here because we had an agency build. I'm like, what the heck is a trust account? I'm like, I, I got yeah, one bank thing. account. Yeah. yeah, yeah same like, thing. What is yeah, this? Yeah. And, um, so that's, you know, start the business in 2019 with those two guys as, uh, you know, as my partners, basically the, the idea was one of them was eventually going to get licensed and kind of be a little bit in production, but their ownership percentages. So let's stop right there. They, they were not involved in the day-to-day operations. Correct. So their ownership percentage in the agency was based on the money that they invested into the agency for things like advertising, marketing, well, I guess pay I don't me. pay. Yeah. Pay you yep. all that. Okay. Yeah. So that's where their ownership percentages came. Yep. From. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we split it, you know, basically right down the middle between all three third, of us. Third, third. Exactly. Um, great relationship, man. I love those guys to death, like extremely appreciative of them. I'm not yeah. sitting here right now without them, right. you know, w- without a doubt, but I think that you, yeah, I think you'll look, I think 20 years from now you'll look back on it as like a net positive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it 100% is and everything's still amicable, but we we have gone through, you know, I, I approached them at the beginning of, of this year, the beginning of 23 with wanting to buy them out because mm-hmm. I just saw you, you look 5 years down the road and it's right. like, man, if I'm giving any percentage of profit to someone right. that's not in the business, it's hamstringing me. And Correct. like we were talking about before we started the, yeah. the margins and in insurance are, are already so thin that Correct. you start taking a little bit of that off the top. And it's like, man, like I, I don't care about lining my pockets necessarily, but it's right. like, man, if I, if I give 20 grand away, it's like, dude, that's another producer I could hire right. like immediately. Right. So if, if the expectations aren't there, mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the biggest thing is that if you're going to get into any type of partnership like that, there has to be some really, really black and white contractual expectations that are written out and explained this is your role. This is your job. You know, right. from, we, we obviously both are, I think that you've had some interest in this too, like EOS, the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial operating system sure. and whatnot. Like if you don't have something in place like that yeah. with, you know, multiple cooks in the kitchen, it can just get ugly. Luckily that has not happened for me and it it's not going to happen for me as far as like, you know, us being back and forth at each other. But that stuff can get squirrely really, really quick. Right. I know you too, though, and you you have really good emotional intelligence, so you probably approached it. You could probably take the same scenario with somebody who's kind of a bulldog in your spot and it not go as well. But you know, part of the reason we want to do this podcast is you know Scott and I have umpteen people a week reaching out saying, oh, I want to start an independent agency. And, and between Scott and I, I can probably right now off the top of my head rattle off 10 agents I know that did a similar deal. And I don't know if any of those are still, I don't know if any of them are still in force right now. Right. Like all of them broke up. Right. It, it just, from the investor standpoint, you got to be, if you're starting an independent agency and you're taking investors, you got to be super clear, like you said, with expectations. Because if you want to make a lot of money in the short term, which is what most investors want to do, right. independent insurance is it's not the way to go. There's many more businesses you can do to make a lot more money short term. You want to make a lot of money long term. That's where it's at. The, the other thing is, is, most investors want a short-term return. How do they get that short-term return? Selling the agency. So if your plan is for this agency to be the thing you do forever or at least a long time, you're better off limiting your short-term growth by not taking those investors or joining an agency and working out a deal of breaking off. We, that parlays right into what we're going to talk about next. And then the flip side, I'm, I'm on Twitter. There's a bunch of guys on Twitter, Nick Huber and Michael Girdley, they're these big like hold co guys. So their whole model is, is build a holding company, 
get an idea for a business, find an operator, which is effectively what you were, find an operator, give the operator a piece of equity and have them do all the work. And I think that only works in a situation where you have somebody that's a good operator, but doesn't want to run their own thing right. where that train goes off the tracks with those guys. And I know they're smart enough to, to, to know this is, is if you have somebody that eventually is going to want to go out on their own and then it, it it's almost not worth doing it to some degree. So Bradley, let me ask you a question and I completely agree with you. The people that we know and I, I told Chris right before we got on this podcast that the very first time I spoke to him, maybe the second time, and I found out that he had investors, I felt like somebody kicked me in the nuts because as soon as he said it, I was like, uh-oh, I've never seen that work before in PNC. But my question to you, Bradley, could you, if you didn't have the expectation that normal PNC agents had, and you could be the operator that could go out there and say um, a niche like transportation where you can build up a huge book pretty quick, like three-year time. Could, could it work in that situation where, let's say let's say Chris was just doing nothing every day but banging on doors, getting trucking companies to come on board, and you could build up a $20, $30, 40000000 million agency over a three-year period and then go, okay, we're selling. Yeah, so, I, I think it could, but you've got to – properly set the expectations and you've got to have the goal of scaling really fast and then selling. Right. And not even you, uh, almost not even have the normal PNC type agency. Right. I mean, like for me, you know, when I started portal, I had, you know, the podcast had been going for a few years. Sure. So I could have gotten investors. Oh, one, pretty, one, pretty I know quickly. some of them that and wanted I, to, I had yeah. one person offer me 50 grand for a percentage of equity, which was, to be honest, more money than what I started the agency with right. by a good bit. And for me, it was, I cannot breathe if I have to explain to someone why I'm taking this meeting over this meeting. Right. I didn't want there to be any chance. You can tell me that all day long that you're not going to try to, you know, puppeteer me, but I didn't want there to be any chance that I did not have the final say. And, and even if they're not puppeteering you because that's hanging over your head, you might feel like they Correct. are. Even if they're just asking a a question that anybody in business might ask. You might Correct. be like, why the hell are you asking me that? You don't trust Correct. me? The Correct. next thing I would say about a partnership like this, and Chris, you can speak to this or not, but I've always felt like if I'm the operator and I bring in a couple of money guys, because I had somebody call me not not six months ago with this whole thing about these guys are coming in from Texas and they want to – they're they're in the home building stuff, you know. They're like these multi multi oh, millionaires, and they want to and they <laughs> want to start this insurance agency, but they're going to funnel all the stuff to me and da 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 da. And I thought, oh, this sounds like a recipe for disaster. But here's my question: If I'm the operator, okay, and every day I do what Scott does, which is slay dragons all day, every day, okay, that's all I do. I slay dragons all day long. You got to get that on a business card. At some point, at some point, and, and this is just me being real with everybody listening to this right now, I'm going to start feeling a little bit of resentment about the fact that these two sons of bitches aren't doing yeah. anything. But yeah. calling me once a month wanting to know how our financials are. Well, we're all right. Yeah. I think is the there any of that with you, with them? I, I, maybe not because you seem like a really nice guy and you seem like you're very grounded and maybe – Maybe you don't have that in you, but I think I would. I think eventually I'd be like, dude, 
Do you know what I had to do I, today? I will say, I know one of the two investors he dealt with, and both of you could not ask for nicer guys. Right. I got extremely lucky, yeah. man. Like, I would do business with these guys again tomorrow. Right. Expectations would just be different. Would, I they, think, would they say the same thing about you right now? I, I feel like they would. It, okay. If they said no, I They'd would be say surprised. yeah, as long as he shaves that damn mustache. <laughs> I love his. They mustache. both do not like that, which so, is funny. They so, always pick so. Here comes the next so. question. Here comes the next question. So, guys, what you just heard, Bradley and Chris, and I say basically is in the world of PNC insurance. Now, you know, people are always buying agencies and. Yeah. You know, hubs and all these other big conglomerates are buying different. agencies. That's a whole different thing. We're talking about, you know, you want to start an independent agency and you think you're going to bring in a couple of money guy investors or money people that are going to, mm-hmm. you know, give you this cash injection in exchange for ownership. That's what we're talking about right now. Let me say one thing real quick. Sorry, before we move on to the next subject. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I don't like giving problems without solutions. Sure. I tell my team all the time, don't bring me a problem unless yeah. you have a solution for it. Uh, I think the way this could work is if you set your exit strategy, your buyout strategy from the beginning. Exactly what we're talking about. Like, like hey, we're going to get, I'm going to sell transportation insurance to trucking companies. That's not what I mean. So I mean, like, three hey, years we're selling. No, that's not what I mean. That, that, that can work too. I, let's say you're giving me money. Okay. Okay. You, you give me $100,000. Okay. And I say, hey, Scott, here's the deal. You're going to get. X percentage of net profit every, and I'm making this up, mm-hmm. X percentage of net profit every month. Mm-hmm. What kind of ROI do you want to make on this? What's right. your expectation? Oh, uh, my expectation is this. Okay, we're not going to sell the agency. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you back in terms of ROI. And then when you hit X amount ROI, You're out. we're done. And we draw that up in the operating agreement. Wow. And you kind of set that from me. So it's sort of like a loan but it's not a loan. And to me, that's better than taking debt, doing something like that. As long as it's it's drawn out, hey, this is how we get out. This is how we part ways. So I think you look like you want to say something. Uh, yeah. I, is that I how y'all were set up? No, it wasn't. Okay. It, it was set as a forever partnership. Like one of them uh, eventually kind of wanted to, he he is uh, he's in the finance industry by by trade. So he kind of wanted to use that as his base for generating PNC business, hold right? Like kind of cross-selling his clients. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are you saying upfront set a timeline as well? Like this is a five year deal. Yeah, something something but, to but that effect. But, but then there's going to be a whole lot of pressure because sure. in order to get to that five, and I give you a hundred, yeah, and I want to make whatever an investor sure. wants to make. We just backed into what Scott's yeah. got to do day over day, month right. over month, and year over year to get there. It. I don't know that you'd actually do it that way. I think it's just hey. How much of a return do you want to make on $100,000? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd really like to get 150. Okay, you're going to get a percentage of profits every month until I pay you back the whole 150 and your equity is going to be scaled down over time. My, you know, th- there's based a, on what you Some ma- people what somebody's probably you. listening to this saying there's no way you could legally do it. Th- there's a way to do it. No, there's, you're right. I think you way I think you just it. hit on something. I want to make 150 now where the where the bus runs off the road is how long depending on what you're selling. Is it going to take him to get that hundred fifty thousand back? And here's the other thing that we haven't touched on is all the investors worried about is the bottom line. Right. Well, if you're trying to grow and scale an agency, right. your bottom line is going to be thinner, so you can run into situations where you want to hire somebody, scale the agency, but the investor doesn't want to because they want to get a bigger percentage. It's like a chicken and egg thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I think that well, I would add to that. I think that. 
if you start it, there's two different ways to look at it, right? Like if you look at it, if you're just going from an, a, a true investor perspective, like the expectations of buyout ha- has to happen. If you're going into it as a partnership, which is kind of what we initially started as is a little different. I think that like, I'm a big fan of Alex Hormozzi and his content. I think that the stuff that he just produces is great. Alex what? Alex Hormozzi. He, he kind of has that holding company model of acquisition.com and no free shout outs here. He needs to pay us for yeah. this podcast. But sure um, Just it, come on. Alex, yeah, right, there you go. Get Alex, him on Everybody tweet Stop at Alex, Alex right now and tell him to come on the insurance <laughs> If you get podcast. him on this podcast, I, I just want to come I sit I probably room, could but. have because when he launched his book, which I have a copy of in there, he did a thing. He did like a like he did a bunch of podcasts that he normally they, they outkicked their cover. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, we probably could have got him on mm. anyway. Well, I think that if you go into it with a strategic partnership and if you know yourself and say, I think that that's, I think that that's one of the things that helped this situation with me mm-hmm. is that I knew myself and knew that those frustrations were going to come. And that's why I approached them at the beginning of this year with this, because I could feel it. I knew that like, man, if this keeps going in the same direction, I'm going to get really frustrated. I'm going to get bitter. Like this is going to get ugly. Why? I need to is have it this because conversation. Because of what I said now. earlier about hundred percent. Well, you get to I'm doing all of, the work and they're, Yes, getting a, and, getting a check every month. Right. And to, to be clear here, we did not make money as an agency. I didn't pay them back until this year. So there okay. was, you know, three years that they put in money and made nothing in return just because we were spending it all. And I had to learn lessons of, hey, man, you can't pay producers 70%. And, you know, you, sure. you got to learn the, you got to learn how to, you got to learn the business of running an insurance agency rather than just in the beginning, I was running it as a sales rep. I wasn't running it as a, as a business owner. So, so. let me ask you this question. Is what we're going to talk about here in just a few seconds, a few minutes, was that happened relative to somebody in your agency waking up after eating a bad piece of pizza and deciding they wanted to go out on their own? Was their buyout of their book of business the vehicle that has allowed you to pay them back? It was a piece of it, for sure. We were – I was probably – or, or what would have happened? This would have just kept rocking on for a little bit longer? I was still approaching them with doing this. Obviously, uh-huh. buyout would have just been bigger and whatnot because revenue's yeah, higher. But right. it, that, that probab- I was probably 95% of the way of, of paying them back. That was just, hey, okay. man, this is perfect timing. Yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. go ahead and wrap yeah. both of these up at the same time. Right. Hey, guys, it's Bradley. Look, are you tired of spending endless hours searching for potential business prospects? Look no further. With Leo, you can gain access to a whopping 40 million businesses. That's 40 million prospects in just seconds. Say goodbye to painstaking searches and hello to efficiency. You guys know I'm all about efficiency. Leo just isn't about speed, though. It's about accuracy, too. With Leo's cutting-edge tools, you can validate new producers faster than ever before. No more wasted time on unreliable data. Leo's got you covered. But that's not all. Leo empowers you to carve your own niche market using unparalleled data insights. Want to target specific dates for workers' comp? Done. Need to identify brokers or carriers to focus on? Leo has your back. And here's the icing on the cake, guys. Leo lets you search prospects based on size, revenue, dates, violations, and more. The possibilities are literally endless. Step into a world of business possibilities with Leo. Revolutionize the way you connect, target, prospect, and succeed. Don't miss out. Join the Leo community today. Go to meetleo.com, and when you go to book a demo or reach out to them, put in the how did you hear about us field that you heard about them on the Insurance Guys podcast or IGP for short. You'll get 20% off. Talk to the folks at Leo. Highly recommend them. Thanks, guys. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today 
to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to AC Free. Dot org. That's acfree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. Okay, so next question for you two. Next question. So, man, now I can't remember what I was going to ask. It was something to do with... If you are in this situation, Chris, how did you start unwinding it? I know the first thing you had to have done was had a conversation with them about, you know, this is what I want to do. But but in order to kind of buy them out, I'm assuming you had to get a contract attorney in place, value the agency, then figure out financially how the, how you're going to pay them back. Is that is that kind of the how that went correct to, okay. to go all the way back to the beginning honestly i think that i i took a long time probably six months to get to the point of having the conversation with them i saw a lot of counsel talked to a lot of my mentors me and bradley had a lot of conversations around it i actually read uh, a really really good book called crucial conversations about how to talk in those scenarios of, of learning how to deal with emotions in situations that emotions can flare really really quickly um, and, and then from there, I actually, we, we hired Carrie Wallace, which right, both right, of right. you guys know phenomenal. Sure. She's been so helpful through this process with, with me too. had some conversations with her to, to basically figure out what would be the value of this. And then I basically just sat down with them and said, Hey guys, look, 
here's where I want to be. Do you see a path that is different than me? Basically, my option is buying you guys out. Do you see another path that gets me to this point? Is this a possibility? And then we just kind of started the conversation from there. Um, and then right in the middle of it, you know, I have the first conversation with them back in December of last year, go to reapproach it with them in February, March timeframe and had a producer that approached me and was like, Hey man, I want to leave. And I want to buy my, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. So, so, just so great let me timing, ask you this, you know? are they, are they being made whole? Are they getting made whole in this? Yeah. Yeah. Plus more, some plus, plus okay. a good bit. Yeah. They, so, so, so for them, this kind of worked out pretty well. Absolutely. I mean, huge ROI for them. You wow. Know, it, okay. It, it stings well, yeah, for me. Yeah, I'm sure they in will the do business end. with you again. Yeah. <laughs> it so, stings for me in the front end, but you look down the road, it's like, man, like I'll I'll make that back easily. So, you know? so Bradley, Bradley, you remember me getting in a cuss fight with the state of Alabama's insurance department about these car dealerships allowing insurance agencies to run uh an agency office out of their car dealership and they're like, Oh well, I guess I guess if that's what they want to do, I guess they can just do it. Is that another way to be a partner where I go to the guy that owns the Land Rover, the three Land Rover dealerships in Alabama, and I say, hey, I'm going to give you one-third of this insurance agency in exchange for I get to put my insurance agency office, an office in every one of your Land Rover dealerships, and I I want you to have your finance guy walk them over to us to quote their home and auto business, everybody that walks in the door. See, I think I think that's I think that's different. That's a joint venture. Okay. And I've seen even though that person would have equity in your yeah, agency, that's a joint venture, in my opinion. But are we uh, tomato tomato in this thing? No, I don't right think now? so. No, I think those are two completely different things. Okay. So um, that's I've not seen a, that's that not work. A I've seen the joint venture thing work. I have a joint venture. Really? Yeah, I've seen the joint venture thing work. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who is your joint venture with? Who, who? Uh, it's with it's the renter's insurance thing. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. I've got a joint. Ven- I've never talked about this on the podcast. I've got a joint venture with a tech company that does onboarding for apartment complexes, right. and we sell all the renter's insurance through their app. Got you. Um. So you did end up doing that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I think joint. Ven- I, I don't. I don't know of one joint venture right now. I know. I know of as many joint ventures in the insurance space where it's a situation like that. Where hey. This party over here has mm-hmm. has lead flow, mm-hmm. but doesn't want to go to the trouble of starting an insurance agency, which is what all these real estate companies that are trying to start their own insurance agency should do. Find an insurance agency who has the the resources, the people, and the infrastructure to handle the service side, which is the piece nobody ever thinks of. Let's form a joint venture. I've seen so that work. So it's a work. strategic partnership yeah, in that yeah. regard. I think that could work. Agreed. I think where the train runs off the tracks is when, hey, I'm giving you money and I'm expecting return. Right. Where it's, hey, it's a joint venture and, hey, you're going to get a percentage of everything I sell. I think that I think that's different. Yeah. I've seen that work a lot. Okay. okay. Um, so that and that's what those those car dealerships are doing. Yeah, it's some type of strategic yeah, partnership. Yeah, because in most states. Because I'm like, wait a minute. How in the hell is – Long Lewis Ford in blah blah blah, allowing an all-state agency inside all, very, their dealership, an and they're like, "Well, um, I can't remember. This was like four or five years ago when we got into it about it." Yeah, and uh, I just remember they were just like, "Well, I guess if they can, if they're not breaking any laws, they can do yeah. it." I think, and I think the the the, and this isn't the case in every state, and this certainly isn't legal advice. But I think the deal is with joint ventures is, let's say you're not licensed, 
Correct. As long as we form a joint venture and you're not getting co- true commission, I can give you a distribution. Right. Now, the way to fix that, and I don't think this, I, I like the joint venture thing, so I don't think this is something that needs to happen, but like attorneys, mm-hmm. you cannot legally own a law firm, I believe, mm-hmm. unless you're a licensed attorney and have passed the bar Correct. and all that stuff. So the way they true. fix that is you got to be licensed. Of course, it's a lot easier to get your insurance license than it is to be an attorney. Well, hey, um, hey, I, I, I walked in two years ago to sell my Harley Davidson at Rocket City Harley Davidson, which is a big Harley Davidson dealership. And I asked the girl something about, well, who, you know, where are y'all yeah. sending all your? Oh, the two owners are both licensed. We have our own insurance agency in here. Yeah, you do that too. The, so the problem, like Keller Williams did it. Uh, Movement Mortgage did it. Pretty much, you know, name a big real estate company. They've tried to start an insurance agency, and they never consider the service side of things. Right. And their their retention's terrible. And, you know, I had a, a, a real estate agent. Yeah, a real estate agent. Very, no, a mortgage guy. I ran into it at a networking event a couple months ago very pompously. Hey, we're starting our insurance agency soon. And I'm like, I said, that's great until yeah. Mama wants to know why. Her roof's not covered because there's a claim or right. her deductible's $15,000. Right. And it was almost like I could see it on his face like I hadn't considered that. Yeah. It's, you know, you sell that house, you're done with that customer. Next. It's not like that in insurance. Next. You know, and what happens is these guys all base their model on, okay, we're getting a little bit of extra commission the first year. Hey, mm-hmm. they might renew for another one. Mm-hmm. But then very quickly realize, wait a minute. These margins don't work if mm-hmm. we only keep the customer a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know somebody as well that did that, and they, they sold that agency really fast. What you should do if you are in a sector that you think you could vertically, vertically integrate with insurance, if you're in real estate, if and you're in glove. tech, what you should do if you think you want to vertically integrate with insurance is find an insurance agency who has the infrastructure, the processes, and partner with them because you'll make way more money because you don't have to fool with all that. And I promise you there's much more work behind the scenes than you think there is Right. when you look at insurance from the outside looking Clip in. That. I hey, agree. I would tell got, you just we, to put a bow on that, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to partnerships and whatnot is there just has to be clear expectations. Yeah. If yeah. that's not there, it gets squirrely. T- touch quick. real quick on the employee leaving and kind of how you approach that because I think you approached it in, in a good way differently than most agency owners listening to this would. I think you approach it differently than I would. And so and so before you do that, you, you and I have had similar situations and similar discussions over the past four months. Did you have similar outcomes? And had very different outcomes. <laughs> right. But go ahead. Yeah, I think that, again, I know I keep saying this word, but it, it really comes back to the expectations. When I first sat down with the producer that moved on, the initial in- intention was, hey, I think I may want to eventually start a second location. Why don't you come on board? You can run this location in Fairhope. Maybe I go to Gulf Shores or Mobile right. or, or wherever else. So the intention was always for, for him to have the opportunity to, if he wanted to hang his own shingle under the umbrella of LTN, there was possibility to do that. Nope. So he ain't going to do it. Right. So I, I knew that there was, I knew that he had the, the desire to do that. Um, and he just sat down with me, you know, earlier this year and was like, Hey man, I need to have a conversation with you. Um, he, he handled it in a really, really good way too. So that, that made it a lot easier. And he basically just sat down and said, Hey man, I want to do my own agency. I don't want to do it under LTN. And I, my initial response was like, man, what is it that's making you want to do that? Is it equity? Like what? Right. Because he was, he was the kind of guy that I would have had a conversation with him about doing that. I I don't want to, you know, belabor the point but y'all had been friends for 
since high school, right? Like best friends or close to it? or We had been good? friends for probably maybe four or five years. He was actually okay. my favorite referral source. Okay. He was in real estate beforehand and then got gotcha. into some other things and then and, and then got into insurance. And, so we had known what, each other for four or five what years. What was his answer to that question of like, what's making you not want to do what you want to do, but do it here? The same exact thing that mine was when I left Farmers, I want to do my own thing. It's go. not about the ownership. It's there not about go. this. Yep. Cause I went through that, man. I, yeah. I interviewed with yeah. uh, a guy that was, um, that, that we actually both know we're talking yep. about b- before the podcast. Um, but they were, ba- my pay was literally going to double the first day that Did, I didn't was he like start interview to, you on his plane or something he like, like that. He like flew in, <laughs> like swung in kind of late to the meeting, threw some swag around <laughs> and then was like, Hey, let's sit down and talk. Yeah, so man. I'm sure just based off that, you know who we're talking about uh-huh. now, but, um, uh-huh. anyways, so it was basically going to double my pay immediately. But I asked him in the interview, I was like, hey, man, am I going to get to ownership? Like, that's that's the only thing I care about is if I'm going to get to ownership. He's you like, asked this guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was hey, like, let me tell you something. Uh, no. Well, he, he, did, he didn't say no, but he said no without saying no. 100%. He said, Look, 100%. He said man, I didn't he know said, that part of the story. Yeah. That's so well, funny. I didn't know who I was talking with at that point, right? You like should have called me. I could have told you exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> so that is he, hilarious. He's like, basically, hey, we can we can have that discussion again once you hit these metrics. Sure, and I'm sure like, yeah, sure. I'm out, dude. That yeah. that was no. I know what yeah. you meant by that. Kick yeah. the can down the road. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said the same thing <laughs> so to the guy that was leaving me. He was like, what do you want to do? He told me that. I was like, okay, I get it man is there anything i could do to change this the yeah. trajectory of this conversation he said not really i said great what's perfect case scenario he said i want to you know buy the book of business from you i said great how do we want to do that right you know kind of had a conversation with carrie and moved yeah. on from there basically yeah. and his his book was not a large percentage of your agency either right it, it wasn't a massive percentage but i mean it was it was healthy. It, it, was, it was about a, the same yeah. as mine. Yeah, yeah. it was a decent. It was I think a decent where, amount. I think you where know? that gets weird, a little south that gets of a million. weird is if you have a producer yeah. that's like a big producer, right? Yeah, that it's like they're taking sixty percent of your agency. Right. I think that's where it's like, oh, you know, you know. Well, the, I think the, the uh, thing to like is at some point we were all three that same guy. You know what I yeah, mean? Right, to right, some right, extent. Yeah, yeah. So it's 100%. like I think that that's that's the one thing that a lot of agency owners miss and they forget is like, man, you were in the same shoes as that dude at some point or that, that girl at some point. Now how you handle it is obviously a completely different story or how they handle it and whatnot. But people that will, will just say, Hey, you know, that's your book of business. Da, 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 da. What's like, man, they probably helped generate a lot of Mm -hmm. that too. And a lot of those relationships happened because of who they are, not just because of your logo. Right. So one thing I will say before we wrap this thing up and we got to get on down the road here. One thing I've learned from this experience that I've had, similar situation to some degree with a much, much different result, is if it's not going to be handled the right way, it almost feels like no matter how great your non-compete agreement is, no matter what you put in there, no matter how detail-oriented it is, no matter what's said in there, People who are not going to handle it the right way are going to find some way to try to get around that non-compete agreement to go out on their own. So, you know, when it comes to contracts, guys, ambiguity is a killer. You want those to be as specific as you can. I used to be a big anti-non-compete guy. I don't believe in non-compete agreements. I still don't believe in non-compete agreements. 
unless you've got somebody that's a like Bradley mentioned earlier that's a big producer in your agency and you kind of have this feeling this gut instinct that one day they're going to want to go out on their own that person probably needs to have an airtight non-compete agreement and it probably needs to look like a damn home mortgage it needs yeah. to be like 42 pages long I, I think where it gets weird is uh, I'm pro non-compete in the sense that you use them to protect your business against malice. Agreed. 100%. That's what they're designed for. I 100%. think too many agency owners try to use it to control the, the lives right. of former employees, and that's that's wrong. But when you have somebody that is like situations, yeah, all three of us have probably run into it at some yeah. point that's actually trying to do harm that's when you pull that ripcord. And the reason lawyers were invented is because when that person or people decide to leave, they are going to interpret that non-compete agreement in ways that they want to interpret it. And then now that's why lawyers and judges were invented, were to say, no, I understand how you're interpreting this non-compete agreement, but here is the actual way this court is going to say it needs to be interpreted. Because I'm telling you, they interpret it however they want to interpret it and in in any way that they can see some little ambiguity that might yeah. they think allow them to skirt it, they're going to try to skirt it. But anyway, story for another day. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big bad world Stop doing TPS reports and go out there and figure out how to write more insurance business, how to make more money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kid's college fund, and for your parents and in-laws that are struggling out there. Go make money for them. My wife and my daughter are headed this morning to Chicago, Illinois for a five-day vacation. You know why they're able to do that? Because Scott Howell gets up every freaking morning and goes and slays dragons. No days off. No days off. Go write good business for the companies that you represent and go write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Chris. Chris, yeah, appreciate you guys having I love me on, you. Man. I love your energy and spirit, man. Hey, look forward to spending some time together next week. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We're going to be in Orlando, Florida. And uh, Bradley says I'm going to be able to ride some uh, – some roller coaster that's got a surfboard on it or something which i'll throw up for an hour and a half after that it's a so. surfboard at orlando i'll make sure and get the sea content World. for that <laughs> it's a large surfboard and you're standing straight up and strapped in wow sounds Ooh. great doesn't it? yeah <laughs> guys we love each and every one of you thank you so much for being a part of our family and we'll see you back here real soon take care Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.